The best form of promotion is, without a doubt, word of mouth and personal recommendations. Just think about things that you have bought or services that you have used as a result of personal recommendations from somebody that you trust. Well, this is what networking is all about. Hi, I'm Stephen Hooper, and this is a podcast from smallbiz.chat. Networking is just a fancy corporate term used for making contacts and maintaining contacts. And there are many forms of networking, some more useful than others, depending on your business sector and your offering. First of all, let's have a look at the importance of networking when it comes to small businesses. The first thing to consider is whether networking is important. And I'll give you the short answer, yes. Networking is invaluable for small businesses. Networking gets your brand out there. Other people promoting your business in a natural and organic way in return for you doing the same for them. That, in essence, is networking. You become familiar with other services or products that may be of interest to people that you know or come across or meet. And if you have faith in that service or product, you think it's reliable, trustworthy, etc., and you promote it on behalf of that other business, and they do the same in return for you. That's networking. If you're seen as independent, but you're also making a recommendation for somebody's business, the buyer will value that as a recommendation and the fact that you're willing to put somebody else's brand forward has huge sway and influence over their decision whether to go and contact them and follow up etc and the same thing happens with your brand if you have the right network and people put your name forward as a trusted and reliable supplier or or service your potential customer base will just expand and you'll get much stronger and more willing to buy inquiries. The other thing is that network can and does take your brand, your product, your service into sectors that you haven't even considered. I found this with my own business many, many times that I get a phone call from somebody or an email from somebody that's working in a totally unrelated sector to my main business. And all of a sudden, there's a fit between what I offer and what they need. And it generally comes from a recommendation from somebody that I've taken the time to explain what I do or they understand what I do. They understand that I'm trustworthy and I'm reliable and they're willing to put my name forward into a sector that I hadn't even considered working. And the other thing is, when you put forward somebody else's product or service, it projects a depth of worldliness and connectedness that helps your own brand image but I must stress as I said earlier the recommendation must come naturally and the product brand service whatever it is that you're recommending must be reliable and trustworthy if you do that 
it will only enhance your own brand and your own position in the, the buyer's eyes for potential other business. If they're not reliable and not trustworthy, certainly never put your name to it or make a recommendation just for the sake of networking. That is a recipe for disaster. But if you trust them and they're reliable and you know what they do, then put them forward because you've got nothing to lose. You can only gain. So when I speak about networking, I'm talking about different kinds of networking, not just the ones you may have in mind. So I'll go through some of the different types and and also how you can prepare for them and perhaps what the benefits are and not. So first of all, there are formal networking groups, businesses in their own right. So we take, for example, the BNI or the FSB, the Federation for Small Businesses. These are organisations that you can pay to become members of. I have my own opinions of those. For the businesses that I have worked in, I consider them to offer very little value. Unfortunately, they're also incredibly good at promoting what they do. So my experience is that many small businesses have signed up to the FSB or signed up to BNI for networking and it's hugely expensive for them and what they find is they've paid their fee and they get a badge. As for genuine business as a result of being members of these groups, I don't think they offer very much to the small business, but it may depend on which sector you're in. Certainly none of the businesses that I've been involved in would have benefited from being with BNI or FSB or any of these larger groups. In my own case, they tend to be more either local, depending on the business I'm doing, or in the case of my primary business, trade related. So if we have a look at the BNI, it has a very large coverage. There's no question about it. And the FSB. Massive coverage. Is that what you need? If you're offering an ironing service in a small coastal town, do you need national coverage? Maybe you do. The downside of any meetings with, for example, the BNI or any of these large groups is because they encompass such a wide range, you will almost certainly find your competitors there, unless you're offering an ironing service in some small coastal town. But you're almost certainly going to find your competitors at these same events. Some of these groups have an expectation where you are expected to bring at least one new sales lead to every single meeting. I think that's onerous. I think that's unreasonable, personally. You're busy running your new business, getting your new business up and running and stable and thriving and all the other stuff that we're doing. But you're expected to bring a sales lead for another member to these meetings. Not something I'd be happy to commit to. My priority is my business. Of course, I want to help other people's businesses. That's the, the idea of networking. That's why I network because I do that for them and the expectation is they do it for me. But I can't be committed to doing it every month to bring a sales lead for somebody. I just can't. I don't think it's feasible. And so from my experience, other people have said the same to me. Other people feel the same. And what they've actually ended up doing is bringing a fictitious or flaky lead and building up the hopes of the person they give it to when in fact it's it's not really a lead. It's very, very unlikely to be even a worthwhile contact. 
My personal opinion is that being a member of the FSB, being a member of the BNI, is more of an ego boost to the small business. Other members of the same group will say it's a fantastic thing, they'll, they'll boost it up. But they see it internally as some sort of kudos, some sort of ego thing to be a member of these groups, even though anybody can join as long as you fill in the form and pay the money. So the membership is seen as significant by other members, but I'm not sure it's seen as significant by your customers. Just a word of a word of guidance, if you like, is to really make sure you do your homework before you commit to one of these larger groups and, and the money involved. Staying with the formal structure, you've also got your local chamber of commerce. Now, these guys offer a whole range of services and my experiences of the CFC are very mixed. I've had the local chamber of commerce arrange things for me that have been very good. They've arranged to work with the, the DTRA, as it was. From there, I've managed to find myself on trade missions overseas as a result of the local chamber of commerce being linked into the higher level. This has been beneficial in my previous employment, but certainly not in my business. However, the local chambers of commerce do offer advice. They do have business mentors that you can talk to. Some of these guys, if you get the right one, are really, really good. Some of these guys have no idea about the sector you're working in. So you need to be a little bit selective as to how much effort you put into going through the CFC, but they are there and they do provide good services. The other thing is we have, certainly in my area, local business partnerships, which are funded by the local council or the district council in my case. So these business partnerships are relatively local businesses. In my case, it's free to be a member and they put on a whole host of events. And that's one worth, for me, getting involved in. So that's something to consider. So that the Chamber of Commerce sits at one level, but beneath that on a more local level is you have business partnerships within your district council. They will put on mini open shows, open events, so they'll put on a mini trade show sometimes where you can go along, have a table for a small fee and talk to visitors and they will do all the work of getting people in. Obviously, you can bring your own people in as well, which is what you should do at all of these events, but they will also help in bringing people to the event. So you can sign up for one of these, spend a day, and in that one day, you might meet, I don't know, five to 50 people and don't forget all of the other exhibitors there are potentially new customers but they're certainly networking opportunities now like the larger groups they may well include your competitors they try hard with events to not have competitors at the same events but they can't just exclude people just because it's a competitor of yours so you need to be prepared for the fact that your competitors may be at some of these events and they may be involved in the networking so find out who the other people are before you start spilling all your good information because you might just be handing information to your competitors but it's very much local networking for local businesses so if you're in that area i would strongly recommend you contact your 
district council and see if they have a local business partnership that you can join. Very, very useful and generally really nice people. The, the person who runs the local business partnership in my area has been in that position now for, I would say, over 10 years. So there's good continuity there and is often seen at the networking events and often seen arranging things. So the more you become known by these people, they may just also be form part of your own network. This is the people who actually work in the business partnership. They become aware of you. The more involved you are, the more active you are. They may be recommending your business on your behalf because you've become known to them. So definitely look up your local business partnership. But it is local. Moving away from the more formal events and to the the informal, I've been a member of a, a couple of local networking clubs over the year. These tend to be more like a club. One that I was a member of for many years was in a local sports club. One of the, correction, two of the members of the sports club were in business and they decided to build a local networking group within the club. So you had to become a member of the sports club but they then put together a networking group which met every month and we met every month month for lunch. It was a really, really nice group and very diverse. There was an accountant there, there was a mortgage advisor there, there was a gentleman's clothes store, there were holistic therapists there and I was there. I was there on two fronts, one with my laser engraving business that I had at the time And when I sold the laser engraving business, I was there with my sales training hat on. And I got worthwhile business from both of those different businesses that I put through this local networking group. And it was just a membership of the um, Sports and Social Club. I was actually initially proposed, invited along for a lunch by my bank manager from NatWest. He was a member. He invited me along. He said, well, you know, come along to the next one. Be my guest. Come along. You have to pay for your own lunch, but, you know, hey-ho. And we had a a three-course sit-down lunch. Everybody chatted to everybody around the cheese board or at the bar. It was really, really nice, and I found it incredibly worthwhile. The other thing it did is if you're a small business owner working from home, you get become very isolated very easily. You find that you can go days without talking to anybody outside of your, your family. And so you become insular, you become isolated. This event gave me a reason to go out and talk to people every month. So even if I wasn't getting out to see customers, I was still talking to other people in business and it got me out. It was something I looked forward to because it gave me an opportunity to get out and meet other people. So that's another benefit of these local groups. They're typically arranged by a local business owner. Another group that I was a member of was actually founded by a guy who runs a marketing company. He arranges for printing and banners and all this sort of stuff. And he formed this group, and there were a number of them around the area held at different pubs. So you'd go along to the pub for lunch, have a coffee, have a beer, whatever it is. It was very, very informal, but you knew other people were going to be there and you could share your business cards and and this sort of stuff and get to know other people. And that was just a local business owner who decided to set this up. And it's incredibly useful for local businesses. 
whether you're a shopkeeper, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're offering an ironing service and you're in a, a little seaside town, whatever. The informal groups, the local groups, tend to be quite small, but they tend to be quite close-knit. So you, you know people by their first names. You get to meet people in their own businesses. One of the ones that I met was this gentleman's clothes store that I would never have gone into in my life. But I met the owner of this store and I decided to go and have a look. I went along, I bought some fantastic, fantastic clothes there and I'm an odd shape. But they had stuff to fit me, all in stock. Very, very personalised service. And I spent quite a lot of money in there and I got some really good quality clothes. In fact, I'm looking at one now. I'm looking at the shirt that I got from a, a company called Oscar, which I think is in Sweden. And this shop was the local outlet for these Oscar shirts and they are wonderful quality. Really are lovely quality shirts. I would never have gone in there, but I, I met the owner at networking and went along. That was him getting business from me but on the flip side of that, he also bought a load of sales training off me for his staff. The small groups often also have a no-compete rule. So if you're a domestic electrician, you may find that you are the only domestic electrician allowed in that group. If another domestic electrician wants to join, they have to either get your permission to join or you have to leave and then they can join. If you stay a member they can't join. I think this is really useful, really useful, because you can speak relatively freely. It's frustrating if you're the one who can't get in. But in some cases, I know in the example of an accountancy firm, the guy there was a director of the accountancy firm, a small accountancy firm had started up and wanted to join the networking group. And he said, yeah, that's fine. We both do accounting, but we're working on different levels. So come along. You know, and they were actually, as I understand it, were able to do some business between them. I don't know very much about accountancy, but one of these guys specialised in something and they were able to, to do some work for each other. But they do often have a no-compete rule, so your business becomes exclusive in that group, which is really quite nice if you're in an area where you may have local competition. You get an edge. One of the downsides... Or, one of, yeah, there's a couple of downsides. The first downside, obviously, is it's very local. It's local businesses, local networking. That tends to be the norm. The other thing is they rarely, if ever, will put on an open event. I only did one open event all the time I was a member of this sports and social club networking group. And I was there for at least four years, possibly five in that time, I did one, I took part in one open event where the public were invited in and we had a small table and things. And honestly, it wasn't worth the effort for me. Lunch was nice. It was a barbecue day. But really, it wasn't really worth the business effort for me. I didn't get anything from it worthwhile. So if they do put on an open event, which is unlikely, but they may do, expect it to be very small and very local none of the ones that i've been to which are pub based if you like have ever put on an open event that's been worthwhile now the next level to look at and this is the one that i tend to use most in my business 
are the trade-related events. These can be very, very useful, but they can also be very, very expensive. It's often a formal trade show. The trade shows that I go to with my business are at places like the NEC, uh, the Manchester Exhibition Centre, and various other exhibition centres around. I've, I've been in Olympia, I've been in Earl's Court, places like this. And because of where they are, they tend to be very expensive and they tend to attract some very, very large exhibitors. If you want to try and be heard amongst all that, you've got to do something rather special. But you're looking at a minimum for a very small stand, probably a three or four thousand pounds spend, maybe a bit more particularly if you've got to have accommodation if it's not a local one to you if you don't live near the near London Earl's Court or near the NEC and you've got to get a hotel and you've got to get there and you might have to hire a van to get all the kit in there you might have somebody who's helping you got to put them in a hotel as well those costs rapidly ramp up and in the past I've been involved in events where it's £30,000 for three days of an exhibition so they tend to be very expensive but they're highly focused. They will almost certainly include your competition. Unless you've got something truly unique, your competitors will be there. They'll be watching you, you'll be watching them. They'll be looking at your weaknesses, they'll be using exploiting those with any visitors that come along. So be prepared for your competitors being there and getting the same leads and contacts as you. That said, if you weren't going to get that lead or contact, at least you're in, you're in. You've got a contact. You've got a way in to actually start trying to sell your business. I have had some very good business from trade shows. I'll be honest. I've done some very, very good business there. And I've actually sold equipment directly off of the booth. It's not the sort of market I'm normally involved in. The products that I sell in my, my main business are capital equipment products, so... They're typically on a lead time, maybe four weeks, maybe 20 weeks, depending on the product. So it's not something which you keep stock of and you just sell them off the off the show stand. It's not that sort of business. And there's almost nobody in my sector that works on that basis. So they all tend to be fairly long lead time. But I have sold demo equipment off of the stand at trade shows. The guys have come along at the end of the show I've had the purchase order and they've taken the gear away with them because they wanted it straight away. They needed to use it straight away. So it does happen. But what I have had from these trade shows are two things, really. First of all, I've had the sales leads themselves. These have been very valuable in some cases. I may only get a couple of leads from a trade show. I may see 50 people. I might see 70 people some cases I've only ever seen a few people but what I normally get from those is a handful of really solid well-qualified sales leads people that are buying now and they have budget now and they have a need now and they've waited for the trade show to be able to find a supplier to fulfill their needs that's the ideal from a trade show that's really what you're looking for and I've had that not at every trade show but I've certainly had that but what I have had is I've had relationships develop with other people in the same business as me other sales guys generally sales guys because that's who's manning the stand it's generally sales and marketing people 
and I say sales guys when I'm using the word guys that doesn't just mean men I've, I've met a lot of good sales women as well but I'm just using guys as the term I'm a bit of a dinosaur so please excuse me for that however a lot of these people I've met have become really strong networking contacts people that I can recommend to others even if they're in a competitive area to me if it's not a competitive a direct competitor for that particular job I've recommended them to other people and I've had the same done for me I've had phone calls from people saying Steve I need xyz my machine doesn't do that or my machine does this and this but I need to add x y and z to it will yours do that can we work together on this and this is because people have come to know me over the 30 years I've been in this business. Then they've come to trust me and understand that I know what I'm talking about. And we've done business together as a direct result of this. So these are very, very long-term relationships, but they're networking relationships nonetheless. And they've come out of these kind of trade shows. The downside is you don't meet these people very often. You only ever meet them at other trade shows. And if it's a slow trade show, then you spend a lot of time chatting to them. If there's no, no prospects around, if there's no punters walking around the show, then you find yourself chatting to the other exhibitors anyway. So that's a way of building your network. But you don't see them very often. You only ever really see them at other trade shows unless you do some business with them in the meantime. And the relationships you build are very sector specific. So my main business is working in the electronics sector. This is electronics manufacturing sector. So the people I meet are people in that sector. They're people that make machines and supply equipment and services to people that make electronics. And the other form of networking, which is relatively new, is online networking. Obviously, there's platforms like LinkedIn, which is essentially a, a Facebook for business without question worth registering on anyway and you from there you can then join other sector specific groups i'm a member of wiring and harness groups for example i'm a member of test and measurement groups all on linkedin and my company is on there as well so if my company gets mentioned or if we have a new product or a new service or we've just installed abc in company xyz i can put a little promo on there and anybody who follows my company or anybody who's in those other groups will see that little bit of promotion. It's not a local thing. It's a worldwide thing. LinkedIn is a good platform for that. And as I say, there's a free membership level, which isn't bad for something that's free. As for the direct networking and making face-to-face -face contact with these people, it tends to be quite distant. Although, as going back to the trade shows, the people that I know in the, from the trade show business that I've got these long-term relationships are also all on LinkedIn. So some of these people are, are people I've worked with in the past in my own employment. So we've been in the same company together or they've worked for me or with me and or I've worked for them. We've done business together and they move around within the same sort of sector. But they're all on LinkedIn as well as knowing them from these trade shows. And one of the guys I used to work with in my previous employer, and I've worked with since having my own business, got a new job just over a year ago. And because he knew what I did, he knows me, he knows that I'm reliable, I'm trustworthy. He knew the product that I was selling. He knew that already very well. 
and he was in a position to put me forward to solve a particular problem that he'd identified within their their facility and within their servicings. So as a direct result of that, I got some business last year for a very large system in my case. The value for the business I got last year from this one contact was probably in the order of 25, 30,000 pounds. And that's just through maintaining contact with people that I've worked with in the past. And we've, you know, we've done a lot of things together and they know I'm trustworthy. They know what I do. And the business came along as a result. In terms of actually talking to people, the platforms that online networking use are things like Zoom and Microsoft Teams, etc. They're okay. They're, they're the new, new way of doing things, since, certainly since COVID. But they do lack the personal touch. And some people are able to use these platforms better than others. So some people get more from it than others. They are generally only online you're not likely to find a trade show which is derived from a purely online networking Zoom, Microsoft Teams type of group. You're not going to get a trade show. You're not going to get that face-to-face element of it. You're just going to get online. But that's okay. It might take you an hour. The great thing is you can fit it into your schedule relatively easily. If there's a one-hour networking meeting on Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams, you can easily fit that one hour, in most cases, into your schedule. If you can't, that's unfortunate, but it's not like trying to get yourself to a a two or three hour networking meeting every Monday morning. So it's relatively easy to fit in. They don't tend to cost very much, if anything at all. And you reach a wide section of sectors, of, of business sectors, because you don't know who else is going to be on there, unless it's very, very focused. So they're worth considering and they and say they don't tend to cost very much, if anything, and they're highly accessible. But just be aware of some of the, the negatives. So if you've decided that networking is for you, which I sincerely hope you have, a couple of things to bear in mind when it comes to preparing for your networking. First of all, don't be late. By being late, you are disrespecting the time of the other members of the group certainly if it's something that happens regularly if you're going to be late in some ways it's better to not to turn up so don't be late business cards are still important if it's a physical event you're going to go to this event take a pocket full of business cards take more than you think you're going to need and take a pen the reason you take a pen is that Collect as many business cards as you give out. And when you've got the business card of somebody, read it and then make notes on the back of it with your pen. Because you're going to need to understand what business they're in and what they do. So when they've given you their little pitch, make some notes so it helps you to understand where you can help them. So business cards are still really, really important. Before you go, know what it is you're looking for from that meeting. You may have introduced a new line or a new service and you want people to start spreading the word about this new service. Let's say you're doing an ironing service from a local seaside town and you've just decided that you're going to buy yourself a big sheet roller for ironing 
bedding and tablecloths and things like this. And so it's an investment for you. When you're going there, you want to tell people you can now offer this service. So be prepared for what it is you want from the network and be prepared to tell people about it. Or if you're looking for new customers, or let's say you've you've t- you've tied up or you've linked up with somebody else who's offering ironing in a different coastal town near near to you. So you've 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 got somebody now able to do it for you somewhere else. You're looking for new customers in a new area. Know what it is that you want before you go and prepare to ask for it. One thing you must never do is be that person. That person that turns up once, picks up all the business cards from everybody and is never seen again. Believe me, you will be despised by the others. You turn up, you do the cherry picking and then you go away and you don't do anything for anybody else. That's not how networking events. Don't be that person. Networking is about relationships, not just about a one-time event of just turning up and helping yourself to all the business cards that are there. Develop and practice describing your business in under a minute. So if I was to say to you about my business, I would describe it as being, my business provides equipment and services and solutions to people that are building cable assemblies in factories. That's what I do. Now, I don't know how many seconds that took, probably about five or 10 seconds, but that's what I do. It's called the elevator pitch. Don't just waffle. Have a plan, know what you're gonna say, practice it, and make sure that you can get a, a good solid description of your business to somebody who doesn't work in your sector, doesn't understand what you do, and you can get it across to them in under a minute. Practice it. Be interesting. If you have a sample, brilliant. If it's a small sample, take it along with you and show it. And very important, if you do have a sample, and this is a little sales tip, don't say anything, but just offer it out to them and they will take it off you. If you offer it out to somebody, they will automatically put their hand out to take it. And once they've got it in their hands, you can then talk about it. It's amazing the power of doing that. Just offer it out. Don't say a word. They will take it off you. Or you could say, this is what I do, and just offer it out. But don't ask them to take it. Just offer it out, and they will take it off you. So it's called the elevator pitch. Practice it. Get it down to a T. Know what it is you're going to say. And just get it out confidently but keep it to under a minute when you're giving your elevator pitch watch out for glazed eyes if you've got people that are glazing over you've lost them just forget it they may be somebody who's just genuinely not interested remember you're not trying to sell them your product you're trying to get them to remember it and what it's for so that they can pass it on recommend that somebody contacts you to find out more about ironing services if they live in a small coastal town. If you come across another competitor or you come across somebody in the same market as you and they're at the same networking meeting, never, ever compete with them at the meeting, ever. Acknowledge them, talk to them, don't give anything away, obviously. Be aware that they're there before you start talking about your business to the rest of the group. 
Certainly don't give information away that's, that's sensitive, but never ever compete with them at the networking event. Listen very carefully to the other pitches from people at the meeting. The networking group that was at the sports and social club that I was with, we all had a 30 second opportunity for our elevator pitch. So we'd have lunch, we'd have our first course, main course, and then before we'd have desserts or cheese boards, the chairman of the group would then invite people from table by table by table to stand up and just give a 30 second overview of what it is they're looking for. Not what their business does, unless it's the first time, but be specific and say, well, we offer an ironing service in such and such a coastal town and we've just arranged for the same service in whatever the other coastal town is along the, along the coast from you and say, we'd like to get our brand and out there and we'd like people to know that we can now offer this service in the other town. That's it. You can do that in under 30 seconds so easily. You might find you get asked questions. If you ask questions at that point, you need to check with the chair to make sure it's okay to answer those questions. Otherwise, make a note of who's asked it and when you stop for coffee or something like that, go and talk to them. The reason for listening to other people's pitches, so you stand up and do your 30 seconds and it's really not difficult to do. Some people find it really, really daunting, but it's actually not. You just stand up, hold something in your hand and talk to your hand. That's fine, as long as people can hear you. But the reason you listen to other people's pitches are twofold. Firstly, you can understand what they do and what they're looking for so that you can recommend them to other people. That's obvious. But also so that you can listen to how they've done their pitch and then improve your pitch. And each time you do this, each time you listen to other people's, you can find something to learn and use that in promoting your own pitch. And the other thing is to allow yourself time don't say this meeting runs from 1 until 3.30 and at 3.29 start picking up your stuff and getting ready to go, even if the, the meeting's pretty much finished. If there's time after the formal meeting to socialise, stick around for another half an hour. Remember, this is about relationships. Get to know the person behind the pitch, the person that's done the pitch for their ironing service, have a chat with them. Get to know them. Let them get to know you. So learn from them. But at the same time, let them learn from you as well, who you are. Give them some background as to who you are. The person behind the pitch. That's what you get from staying behind for an extra half an hour. So that's how you prepare for a networking meeting. That's what you do at a networking meeting. The other thing to consider is these meetings might be once a week. They might be once a fortnight. They might be once a month. So what do you do after the meeting and between meetings? First of all, if you've promised to do something for somebody while you're at the meeting, don't forget to do it. Okay, don't attend and then forget any follow-up that you've promised. Try and find a way of staying in touch with some of the members between meetings. Why not try the ironing service if you happen to live in that small coastal town? Give them a go. Try it. If you're a tradesman, you're an electrician, and you see somebody at Screwfix, a chippy that was also at the same meeting, say hi. It's all about building relationships. 
And here's something that's very easy to do. Get to understand what it is that the others really do. Look at their websites. Have a look at what they, they do. When you've looked at their website, make some notes. So when you go to the next meeting, you can talk to them about their website. You can ask them about things on their website. It shows that you've taken an interest. And if you take an interest in them, they're very likely to take an interest in you. This is going to lead to more opportunities for them to put you forward, but also it will enhance your reputation in the group. It's about relationships. Use any feedback that you got from talking to people at the group. Oh, you're offering an ironing service in, in such and such a small coastal town. Well, I know somebody else who's just about to do something similar. It's not ironing, but they're offering a repair service, for example, a clothing repair service. Might be worth talking to them. Maybe there's an opportunity to share information and develop some business together. Perfect. Use the feedback you got from other people and use that to help you with planning your business and also with your follow-up pitch. And also, between the meetings, begin to plan for your next meeting. Don't just, I've done my meeting and then turn up at the next meeting and do exactly the same thing. Begin to plan on how you're going to grow this at the networking meeting. Listen out for any possible opportunities for other group members and put their name forward where you can. So during, you, you've met on a, a Friday afternoon on Tuesday or Wednesday, you happen to be out and about or talking to somebody about ABC and a light comes on. Oh, hang on a minute. I was talking to somebody last week about networking about this and put their name forward. Reciprocate, expect because they're likely to do the same thing to you. But when you do put their name forward, ask the person that you've put their name forward to to let them know it came from you because that will enhance your reputation in the networking group. And once you've done it, make a note in your diary or wherever you do these things of any recommendations that you have given so you can let the member know as soon as possible or at the very latest at the next meeting. So you, you recommend that Tom has got this ironing service that is now starting up in this other little coastal town and you've recommended it to Fred, make sure that you let Tom know as soon as possible that you've recommended Fred uses his services or contacts him about his services because this will enhance your reputation in the group. So when it comes to networking, networking is invaluable. Do it, find a way. Find a network that's of the scale that you want that covers the areas that you want. Join it and develop your relationships. It's good for you, it's good for the business, it's good for the local economy if it's a local group. There's no reason not to do it. Use your suppliers for referrals. In the past, I've been to a plumbing merchant's about a boiler, getting a new boiler, just trying to get some prices on boilers. And I've asked them if they have any plumbers and gas fitters that they would recommend. That's networking. If they can give me some names of people that they would recommend, that's networking. Do the same for your suppliers. Become known by your suppliers. Tell them what you do. Talk to them. Become, become familiar with them as people. 
and you might just find that they recommend your business. Free of charge. It's about developing relationships wherever you can. Understand the reach and scope of the network that you're thinking of joining. If you are supplying for a niche, is a local network better for you or is it a global or even national network? The other thing you can do is if there isn't a suitable network group, consider starting one. You could arrange through Facebook, through LinkedIn, however you can do this, through your suppliers, a meeting at a local pub one afternoon a month. It's easy to arrange. And guess what? The publican will become one of the members of your networking group and they may promote your business for you if they become if they come to know you. Relationships. Anyway, I hope you found this podcast useful. If you did, please like, share, subscribe, all those good things. Tell your network and your mates. This and much more small business guidance and the experiences of people that have been in business for a long time can be found on our blog, smallbiz.chat. Look out for our other podcasts on this channel and have a great day. I'm Stephen Hooper and this has been a podcast from smallbiz.chat.